show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Experience, business, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Consumer first health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status. No. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. New choices, new platforms, new care models. In the healthcare of tomorrow, consumers win. But who will design it? What will it look like? And how long will it take? We're here to answer those questions with some provocative thinking about how to create the healthcare that people actually want. Ready to roll up your sleeves, look at the world a little differently, and explore the frontiers of consumer health together? Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm Jared Johnson from Shift Forward Health, and here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about HEB opening more primary care clinics in their grocery stores. What's the end game for grocery chains, and how can you see the value of care that's being offered in non-traditional settings? I'll talk about that. Then we continue our series with leaders in retail health by welcoming Dr. Mohamed Diab, CEO of CVS Accountable Care. Dr. Diab dives into CVS Accountable Care's recently announced partnership with Catholic Health, how it fits into CVS Health's overarching care delivery strategy, and the role of ACO reach and other value-based solutions in accelerating progress. It's time to dive right in. Are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the week. What's the health and wellness end game for grocery chains? And is there enough substance to impact consumers' expectations for how and where they receive care? Grocers are continuing to make entries, albeit small ones, into health and wellness. The latest to make a push is HEB. According to Grocery Dive, and yes, this is not the first time that we've referenced them as a source, HEB recently opened two new wellness clinics in the Houston area, with two more slotted to open by the end of June. Each HEB wellness primary care clinic offers full-service primary care to individuals age 12 and older, as well as physical therapy and health and nutrition coaching. They're staffed with clinical pharmacists, nurses, board-certified physicians, and registered dietitians, and can provide specialty referrals. The clinics offer individual visit pricing as well as the option of monthly subscriptions to avoid patients receiving surprise medical billing and also accept cash, credit, and flexible spending account payments. Insurance is not accepted. This got me thinking about how cash pricing can play a role in a primary care experience. Let's look at the menu, shall we? HEB Wellness Primary Care has their price list on their website, starting with a virtual well visit for $60 or in-person visit for $70. You can also get a sports physical for $80. Add-on services including tests, lab work, vaccines, and durable medical equipment start at $15 and go up from there, and nutrition services start with a $45 meal planning visit. This also got me thinking about the place for non-hospital-based primary care. We talk a lot here about the shortcomings of a sick care-based paradigm and care strategy. So I like the offering of entry-level a la carte nutrition coaching. And if HEB is anything like Walmart Health, as we heard from Dr. Chinny Puluru in our previous episode, or CVS Accountable Care like you'll hear today, the end game is a healthier community. Remember, the real villain in healthcare isn't disruptors or payers or providers. It's an unhealthy America. Bottom line, there's room for everyone, so don't let anyone ever tell you otherwise. It's time to see the value of care offerings in non-traditional settings and consider how they could lead to a healthier America. That's another way that we'll build the healthcare of tomorrow. And that's the flavor of the Week. The Flow, the Flow, the Flow. 
All right, everyone, let's get into the flow. I'm so thrilled for our guest today. Please give it up for Dr. Mohammed Diab. He is the CEO of CVS Accountable Care. Welcome, Dr. Diab, to the Healthcare Wrap. Thank you, Jared. I'm very excited to be with you today. I would love to give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit better before we get going. What would you like our listeners to know about you and your background? So, uh, as, as you mentioned, I'm the CEO of CVS Accountable Care Organization. I'm a physician by training, have my MBA in finance, and I spent my whole career focusing on how we can transform the healthcare. So I, you know, focus on value-based care and population health management and analytics and how can I support both providers and patients in achieving better health outcomes as a more efficient cost. There's a lot in there. That means uh, there's there's a lot of purpose in your work <laughs> and we'll get into that. Uh, I'm excited to hear about that. We've also been asking our guests lately a lot about career advice that they've received along the way. Is there a piece of career advice that you've received over the course of of your, your tenure here that has stuck with you over the years? Sure, definitely. So one of the best advices I, I received over the course of my career is focusing on the patient and the consumer. And if you do the right thing by your consumer and by your patient, everything will follow. So this focusing on making an impact, a positive impact on these patients' lives and enabling the providers of care to deliver better care and transform the way they deliver care, this was a career advice that really stuck with me that it always pay off on every aspect of what you're trying to achieve. And the other thing is also that the the decision-making has to be very objective and data-driven. And that actually shape how I approach every decision making I do is focus on the data and the um, and make a very objective and informed decisions. Well, no wonder you're making an impact with the work you're doing. Uh, if if that's the type of thing that guides you in your everyday work, let's dig into this. What I'm really excited to talk about today is really what CVS Accountable Care is doing. There's some really impactful work that's happening here. And maybe we should start by by just acknowledging that people probably know CVS as their local pharmacy, but they might not know about CVS Accountable Care. So maybe that's a good place for us to start. What do you want people to know about the work that you and your team are doing? Sure. So CVS Accountable Care is, is mission-oriented. And you know the fo- our focus is enable uh, providers, especially primary care physicians, to move from a sickness-based disease to a value-based model of care. The mission is to improve the quality of care, reduce the waste in the system, and partner with providers across the nation to transform the way that the care is being delivered and help them with this very complex shift from a fee-for-service volume-based healthcare system, which doesn't deliver value to either the patient or the physician, to a a model of care and a system that is focused on the patient holistically in a whole whole person-centric model, where you not only focus on the disease or the condition that patient has, but also you try to understand what is the socioeconomic barriers to care that they have. We call these social determinants of health. Also, any behavioral health challenge that they are facing, because if you're not 
understanding these two components, address them effectively, you will have a hard time really managing the disease or the condition and generate better outcome for the patient. So our mission in CVS Accountable Care is to partner with providers, support them, and surround them with a, with a care teams, provide them with very actionable analytics that help them practice at the top of their license, help them manage their population at risk, and also help them improve the quality of care and also improve their the, the financials because there is a lot of waste in the system, in a fee-for-service system, and if we are able to deliver better value-based care, there is financial gains for the for the provider as well. Yeah, that work plays a really important part in kind of moving healthcare into the future, I feel like. So let's talk about how that fits into CVS Health's overarching strategy here. How does the work that the accountable care side is doing? How does that fit into CVS Health's overarching care delivery strategy? So CVS, the, the Fortune 4 organization, is the, our strategy on the healthcare delivery is three components. One is enabling primary care physician in the industry because we have a lot of assets and a lot of expertise and capability that can be very helpful for primary care physician. Expand our value-based care and supporting this shift in the industry from, a, like I mentioned, sickness-based system into a value-based system. And also being more in the home with our consumers, so focusing on home care. So our CVS Accountable Care actually fit very nicely in supporting these three strategies because on one part we are enabling and supporting primary care physicians and the providers at large in this shift. We also focus on value-based care and making sure that we expand the value-based care and support this very complex transition that we understand it's not easy and it requires a lot of investment and resources and analytics and technology and programs. And the last thing is also home care because part of our programs is we go to some of our beneficiaries and population, especially the high-risk population, we go to their homes to try to understand what if there's any barriers to care, if there's a caregiver at home, understand and intervene on any barriers that prevent this patient from achieving the best health outcomes that they want. I love that. I love that. Let's talk about you for a moment here. What I imagine th- this is not easy work. So uh, anyone involved in this work at the level that you are has to have some inner motivation to do so. What what motivates you in this in this role uh, and, and what inspires you to change healthcare? As I mentioned earlier, I'm a, I'm a physician by training. So I saw how the system works and I'm a big believer that the current fee-for-service system is not producing the outcome that we strive. We spend more on healthcare than any other developed nations, but our, our outcomes does not match the spend. And also, the, so the patient is not getting the value, the, the physician is not getting the value, and they have a high burnout, and that's what you see in shortage in primary care around the country. And I always relate to these patients' population because I see our parents and grandparents in these patients who are really falling through the cracks of a fee-for-service system where there is no coordination of care 
and try to imagine a patient who have three or four different chronic conditions and seeing multiple specialists, for example, and getting multiple medications, and nobody in a fee-for-service system will coordinate this care, will understand or try to understand the social determinants of health or any behavioral health issues if the patient has depression or anxiety, because the fee-for-service system is, is not set to incentivize the provider to really spend the time and effort in looking at the patient holistically. It's a transactional care. It's a sickness-based care. The physician only see the patient when they come to them because they are sick. But then after they leave the four walls, the relationship is, is not there anymore. Versus a value-based care where the, the everybody in the continuum of care is accountable to the quality and the cost of the care. So that's what inspires me. I see a significant opportunity to improve the care of the population. And I see every day in our program, in our work, how we are able to help and make us a significant positive impact on patients' lives and really coordinating their care, understanding what is any barrier that they have and trying to address them. And I have you know, multiple examples, you know, the, the patient with diabetes who is not taking the, her medication and then we go there and visit her at home and, uh, and find out that she cannot afford her copay. And then we work with her physician and community programs and be able to find a way of financial assistance to get her medication. And that makes a huge difference because otherwise she will show up in an emergency room with a major complication that, that would drive a, a complication for the patient and also drive a significant cost for the system. We see the patients that have transportation issues, and that's why they cannot go visit their primary care physician, because they either have mobility issues or they cannot afford to have a, a, a transportation. And we work to remove these barriers of care, find community program or invest in transportation. We see food insecurity in our population that we try to address. And one of the things that we do is collecting this data about our population, understanding the social determinants of health, because we believe it makes a huge difference in the health outcomes and the compliance with the treatment by the patients. So we collect this data. We use best-of-breed industry tools to predict who is at, at high risk based on these socioeconomic factors to have a challenge and barriers. And we develop interventions working with our provider partners to remove these barriers and improve the outcome for these patients' population. Well, I'm glad you centered that on the need to align incentives to coordinate care. And that's the one of the foundations of value-based care and, and how we're going to get to a better place as a, as a society, not just as an industry, but as a society. That's so important. And I, I'm, I appreciate you mentioning that. Stay tuned for more provocative thinking after the break. Consumer demands, disruptive technologies, and AI are shaping healthcare for years to come. On the Hello Healthcare podcast, we dive deep on these issues with leaders who are driving change. These stories will inspire you to create and demand a better future in healthcare. Learn more at hellohealthcare.com. And now, back to the show.
I know CVS Health recently announced a collaboration with Catholic Health. What can you tell us about that collaboration and, and why collaborations like that are needed? This is a very good example. So Catholic Health is a clinically integrated network, one of the best health systems in the country, have a very good reputation. It's a, a mission-driven organization in Long Island, New York. And in our partnership, we, in this value-based care program, we start looking for opportunities to improve the care for the Medicare fee-for-service population. Uh, CBS has, as I mentioned earlier, has a lot of assets. One of these assets is our retail health clinics. And, you know, CBS nationally, 85% of the population of the United States live within 10 miles from one of our, these local community facilities where thousand of them has these retail health clinics. So working with Catholic Health, we try to expand access to primary care through our retail health clinics and also working with their providers to really look into transforming how the care is being delivered. And as you mentioned, Jared, by aligning the financial incentives where every constituent of the continuum of care, whether it's a primary care or a specialist or a hospital or skilled nursing facility, everybody has some sort of accountability for the quality of care they deliver plus the cost of the, of the care. And we also looked at transforming the workflows, the processes, providing significant actionable analytics at the point of care for the physician so they understand who's at risk of their population, who's a rising risk. So we stratify and segment the, the population and identify the cohort of the population that needs interventions. People who left, you know, ended up in an emergency room or in a hospital, we get real-time notification about these and we start intervening to make sure that the patient if they ended up in a hospital and they leave, they understand what the treatment after they leave the hospital, that they have the care they need at home so they don't get readmitted back to the hospital. So we work very closely with Catholic Health on identifying all these opportunities to improve the quality of care and reduce the unnecessary spend that is waste and align the financial incentives building care teams around these primary care physicians to support them and ups, manage the patient population upstream so they don't end up going to emergency room or getting admitted to a hospital unnecessarily. And we also focus on health equity because health equity is a big part of the focus of this program. The program name is ACO REACH. And REACH here stands for Realizing Equity, Access, and Community Health. So we look at our population and we identify, as I mentioned to you, we collect the data and try to identify where there is health disparity. And one of the areas that we identified was diabetic patients who in some instances due to uh, socioeconomic barriers, they are not receiving the care and we developed a program with Catholic Health to address these barriers for the diabetic population in their geography. So this is just a, one example, but there is a lot of innovation happening. And we are, we see like the one plus one equals three 
where Catholic Health and us, each side bringing their expertise and capabilities and resources and analytics to improve the care and provide better outcomes clinically and financially for the Medicare population. So how are you defining that success when you're talking about a, a collaboration like this? You just mentioned outcomes. Are there any examples you can share of stories you've heard since the collaboration was announced? Anything that helps demonstrate that impact? Yeah, so we measure our success in three different ways. One is the patient satisfaction. And we survey our patients to ensure that we are doing right by them. The second measure of success for us is that reduction of waste. You know, these emergency room visits or hospital admissions that are not adding value to the human being or to the system, we measure that and we see reduction of these unnecessary utilization. And the third thing is the quality. So we have clinical quality outcomes that we measure to make sure that we are achieving higher quality of this pro- of these programs. And we are seeing very good reduction of like waste in this in the system and also we are hearing directly from these Medicare beneficiaries how excited they are that there is somebody who cares and coordinating their care and really engaging them to make sure that they have everything they need and they understand what the treatment, they look at their, medi- we review their medication with them. And we are working with their doctors and many of, many of them have multiple specialists that they are seeing. We're coordinating the care for them and working with the prime, with the physicians on the uh, Catholic health side to make sure that we help them transform how they deliver care. Let's shift gears a, a, a little bit here. I'd, I'd love to talk about the role that, that CVS Accountable Care and other ACOs play in the adoption of value-based care. We touched on it a little bit a few moments ago. It seems like the, the shift from fee-for-service is incredibly complex, and it has taken several decades to get to where we are now. So how do you envision CVS Accountable Care and other ACOs participating in ACO reach and other value-based solutions that are helping to accelerate progress? Basically, how are we going to get there? So... As you can tell, I'm very passionate about value-based care, and I'm a believer in in this model because when you compare it to this sickness-based system, this transactional fee-for-service system, it's uh, significantly better. How we get there is, like you said, this is not easy. One of the things we try to do at CVS Accountable Care is to ease this transition for our provider partners because we understand it is hard work. You know, changing the way you practice medicine after doing this for decades is not easy. But we are investing in a lot of resources and technology and analytics to help our provider partners with this shift and the transition. And it is multi, you know, multifaceted approach. One of it is the financial incentives, which is a big part of value-based care, is that the payment ties to better outcomes and better care. And also, you know, providing the physicians with the data and informing them where they should focus their efforts to improve the care and which patient they need to focus on. And I think we as an industry, we really have to move faster on this value-based care because it's been, it's taking a while. I believe that, you know, every uh, constituent, every stakeholder in the industry has to play the role. 
I'm glad that the, the, the government through the CMS and the CMMI uh, continue to develop new programs to incentivize and entice, you know, this shift. But I think we need to accelerate this. And that's one of the objectives that we are doing for, from CVS Accountable Care. We have, as I mentioned to you, we have a lot of assets and capabilities that we try to bring to our provider partners to help them with this shift. So they don't need to invest uh, significant dollars in this because we have the skill and the capability and the expertise. And also sharing best practices because we are we have a national program, a national uh, ACO with multiple participants from different uh, geographies. And when they meet together, they share best practices, what works, what doesn't work, and that becomes helpful and accelerate this transition and this shift. I love that. There's this picture that you're painting of the challenges, the the complexity involved, but the impact that is possible here and the fact that it's worth it and that it's where we have to go to get to a better place as a society again. I think that relates to one of the things we talk about a lot here on this show, which is how do things impact an everyday health consumer? Somebody who is either seeking care or not seeking care, you know, the, we, we each have health needs and wants and expectations. And some of those are happening while we're being seen by a physician. And sometimes they're not. Sometimes those are still things that we are, that are going to happen in the future. And we're not actively seeking care at that point in time. But if the experience itself is too challenging or too expensive, just too, too inconvenient, then it does impact whether we seek that care or not. And a lot of really big investments, a lot of big headlines have to do with the entities that are creating this change and attempting to get to a better place and create a better experience. And I like being able to have that as part of the conversation because sometimes we just take it for granted that patients are going to understand what's going into this and that they're going to recognize this difference and, and that it's going to draw more of them to come seek care. And I think sometimes that just takes a little bit of translation for a patient, for them to understand the value. So it's kind of expressing that value to them at the core of it all. We know that patients want more access to coordinated, convenient, personalized, affordable care, but providers are short on time and resources. And really, it's, is that fair to put that burden on the provider in the first place, right? You know, it's, that's a lot to ask on top of everything else that's going on. I'd love to hear what CVS Accountable Care is doing there to improve the patient experience side and outcomes. Sure. So like a couple of things that we focus on. One is, as I mentioned earlier, we have a multidisciplinary care team that surround these physicians. And the idea is we, we look at the population that we have. And this is one of the big value of value-based care is that you have a population view versus just transaction one patient at a time. So we get the data for this population and we collect more data about the social determinants of health. And we use, you know, census data at the block level. We use area deprivation index data. We, we use a lot of external data also to complement what we have. And we survey these population to really have a holistic view of what is going on in their lives, right? And we get this multidisciplinary care team with to look at the, the patients at risk and we start reaching out to them and really 
engage them. So you, you talked about explaining to the patient the, the value. You show it to them in action, not in words. When the patient see that there's somebody who cares, there is a nurse, there is a pharmacist, there is a social worker, there is a community health worker, there is a behavioral health specialist, all this team is tasked to help them and make sure that they have everything they need. And if there is any barrier to care, they resolve and they intervene on, the patient immediately see the value. And coordinating their cares, doing medication reconciliation for them, explaining everything, any question they have, connecting them with the doctors, the patient immediately see the value. And to your point also, Jared, is the physician sees the value because we are with providing this support to the physician, he or she can practice at the top of their license, right? Because we take care of, of these other things like, you know, cl- closing some of these clinical gaps in care, medication adherence, doing some of the lab work, and also giving the, provi- the primary care physician an extension in our retail health clinics where after hours and weekends, instead of the, the physician send the patient to emergency room, they can go to one of our minute clinics which is our retail health clinics, whether physically or virtually, and they can get the services that they need that mitigate the need for going to the emergency room. So this is how we are focusing on supporting both the physician and supporting the patient. Uh, I love that. What's the best way for listeners to connect with you? I know we'll have a lot of listeners who are interested in hearing more about the work you're doing and maybe just want to connect with you. Uh, What's the best way for them to do that? Find me on LinkedIn. Um, I have a profile there. Well, thanks again. And with that, that's a wrap for this episode. I've had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Mohamed Diab from CVS Accountable Care. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jack. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please spread the word. Tell your colleagues to tune in for all the awesomeness, then leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. This show is produced by Shift Forward Health, the channel for changemakers. Subscribe to Shift Forward Health on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be subscribed to our entire library of shows. See our full lineup at shiftforwardhealth.com. One subscription, all the podcasts you need, and it's all for free. And remember, we might have a lot of work to do in healthcare, but we'll get there faster together. Thanks again.